When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, five fans, to the season two wrap up of the darker side of boxing. My name's Sean, joined by our co-host Johnston. Johnston, it's great to have you here for the wrap up. But guys, we've got our special guest. Not just a special guest; he's a pest now. We call him a pest. He is the host of the after show. It's Luke. Luke, thanks for joining us for this wrap up episode. I feel like a VIP because I'm on with Johnston. So I feel I feel good. <laughs> uh, now, this is great. I thought, you know, guys, like for the listeners, for you guys listening, it's a great for us all three to be together for this wrap up episode. I know me and Johnston, you know, we, we do the main bulk of it. We do the episodes and then Lukey, you come in and you do the after show and you present your your perspective on these episodes and these individuals. And I thought it'd be really nice for the for us. Uh, and for the listeners to to really get an insight between the three of us of how we think this season's gone. And, you know, previously me and Johnston have done this before for our Legendary Night series and, and for the darker side of boxing season one. But I think with season two, I think it was about changing things up a little bit. And I think we've done that and this is the perfect way to do it. So I'm going to pass the mic over to Johnston because, you know, I'm going to say to you, Johnston, season two, initial thoughts on, on what we've what we've put out there so far. It, it was our work, mate. <laughs> I'll be blatantly honest with you from the off. No, it was it was great fun. I enjoyed every single minute of it. But you know, I've I've I pulled myself out of that dark cave I was sitting in for the last sort of, ten weeks, and uh, actually listened back to some of our episodes, and I was quite pleased with the outcome. I thought we'd done a pretty good job across the board, and I think we told some really interesting stories. And I liked Lukey's spin on things and how he was able to bring a different aspect to our stories um so yeah that as a whole i think with luke coming in and doing the after show with you sean and and with also the interviews with the authors i think it's been a, a better episode than the first one not as dark to be fair but 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 good even still yeah luke yeah, i mean let you jump in here and, and obviously you're you're relatively new to sort of the series but you've come in you've done the after show you've listened to every episode now and you've had the opportunity to probably sit back and, and reflect upon the last 10 weeks of of doing these episodes like what what has been your takeaway from from what you knew before when you listened to season one to now actually being you know a a, a passenger on season two i'd say I, i'd like to believe that my unprofessionalism was welcomed a welcome change like the lack of research by me but um it gets heavy man that was the big thing is like when you just do 10 weeks of like stories that you know end kind of badly I didn't realize how much this weighs on you when you're not the listener, like when you're actually thinking about these people as people. So that's kind of like as the as a sitting in the train car, it's like there are weeks where this adds up. I think it my epitome moment was like or my apex mountain was who's the I forget the Paul Sykes or whatever. It's like that was that 
apex mountain of like, what are we doing here? But it's it's a good, what are we doing? It's just, it gets heavy. I know Johnston, like we, we was laughing hilariously, like some of the stories in there. Um, but it really, in reality, it's a really heavy story. I know a lot of people like who, who've done research on Paul Sykes and, you know, they've got the author, Jamie Boyle, we've got Matthew Oakley, who's done his, his interesting take on Paul Sykes' life as well with his book. You know, so there's there's a lot of literature out there on Paul. And obviously, we're from the UK, so it sort of resonates a little bit more with us than it probably does with you, Lukey. But then you get to learn about this individual, you know, and I bet there's many of these individuals across different cities uh, and different countries across the world because, you know, there's these characters that are out there that these stories, like, I think they need to be told. You know, good or bad, they need to be told and they need to be put out there. And I think we, the Paul Sykes story in particular, was quite a, a harrowing one in in a lot of ways. Uh, and it was one of it was one of my sort of. It probably I probably agree with you, Lukey, in the sense that I've took away from that that one of the most harrowing episodes. You know, for many different reasons. Uh, but going back to you, Johnston, you know, we've we've got a a little spreadsheet put together here, you've kindly put together for this episode, for the wrap-up, you know, just to talk about certain elements of, of the season, um, and just to lighten the mood just a little bit, I think, like, we've got our funniest moments. Now, Lukey, as as unprepared as you always say you are, I'm definitely going to get you involved in, in this aspect of it, uh, if there are any funny moments for you, of course, but Johnston, like, go through the funniest moments through the whole season. Oh God! Uh, I mean, I, th- I think for me, I, my, my favourite is uh, is Mitch Green. He, he is like for me. Uh, there's something about the guy that I've I've always enjoyed. Uh, some of the stories in there were, uh, well, that, that they were. Uh, I, I don't really know how to put it. I, I found myself in absolute stitches putting it together. Uh, I mean, we both did, uh, and then recording it was hilarious. I mean, he's the most colourful character we've ever done on any of our episodes and one of my favorite personalities in the sport but can't drive for shit <laughs> he was uh i mean look he was a product of an environment that he was raised in uh those troubled times in new york city as he pointed out himself uh, a lot like the film warriors or even one thing that i found myself looking at was the documentaries it's style wars in 1983 i think it was made where they're doing the graffiti and then the, the emergence of hip-hop um so he was in that era, and there is even a guy in um, Star Wars as well, where he's sort of rapping on the street, and he's wearing those white glasses that Mitch Green wore um, after he got uh, sparked out by Mike Tyson in their street fight. And he just sort of continually stayed with the so so glow look, those funny glasses, and 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 now I mean, at the end of it, it was it's terrific to find out that he is now he's found himself or he's found God. Um, so, you know, however you get yourself out of those holes, if that's the way it's going to work for Mitch, then that's good to hear. But I mean, the endless stories that we covered, I think we caught the brunt of them, but the most bizarre of all, I'll throw this one back right at you guys is, is the, uh, the drug induced incident with the petrol station robbery. I mean, what on earth was he thinking? Yeah, it, it, it blows my brain. It really does. I mean, I found myself laughing about it and I actually went back. I mean, I sort of, I think I've, I've listened to, to, to the after show. Uh, over Christmas because I haven't really had the chance to catch up on on the stuff that you guys have put together well I mean I think that for me what was the guy's name that chased Pinklin Thomas around what was his name shotgun Steve or whatever shotgun Steve, yeah 
Okay. Yep. I just went off the top of my head. That was one of my favorite moments because like, first off, if a guy's name is shotgun, Steve, you probably don't want to get chased by him because he had to earn the nickname shotgun and he probably had to use a shotgun. And that's not a law abiding citizen thing to do usually. And second off, like just that situation to be in it, it's scary, but it's also utterly funny when you look at it and no one, no one got hurt. Yeah. I mean, I agree with, I agree with that. I mean, that, that part of Pinkland's life was quite, interesting to to learn about because i didn't know about it like none of us really knew about that element of his life like when you come into some of these episodes you kind of come in with your own understanding of what their careers were like and what their perception is or you might have only known them for fighting certain fighters throughout the career you might have not known about them individuals so when we was doing pinkland it was like sitting down to record it it's like hang on a minute you know what, what's this story about these two guys chasing him like actually shooting at him trying to kill the, i was like wow honest to god like you you can't believe that these things actually occurred throughout the life of, of somebody like pinkland thomas who you know was an intimidating figure in the ring and outside of the ring during his stint in the heavyweight division in the 1980s and it's like you, you honestly can't believe it but then when you when you go to and you strip it back and you go to the roots of all these stories, you start to understand that there's a there's a common common sort of trend and theme, you know, that they've all come from. Most of them have come from really difficult upbringings or difficult areas of the world, and and, and that's why it's it's sort of made them very battle hardened at a very young age, and then you can actually start to understand why these stories and why these incidents and why they get themselves involved in all these. Uh, situations outside of the ring you can you can kind of understand how easy it is to slip down the wrong road and for me going on to my favorite moment well it's it's a sad moment in in some ways but it's it's got to be paul sykes going eating that man's dinner and that family's dinner i mean that was um (laughs) that's a moment that i don't think i'll uh, ever forget when when podcasting you know, even in years to come, if I'm not podcasting anymore, I'll, I think I'll always remember that story now, knowing that there was a man as intimidating as Paul Sykes in his heyday, and he walks into a family's house uninvited, literally sits down and eats the tea. And it's like, who does that? You know, who actually does things like that? Paul Sykes did. There was a character out there that did. I had the audacity to do that. And and I know like when we recorded it, me and Johnston, we absolutely yeah. was in stitches laughing at that. We had to stop the recording a few times and restart it. And, you know, there's a bloopers episode that's going to be out there as well. And that bloopers episode just contains some of the moments where, you know, it was it was difficult for us to contain our laughter or it was, you know, difficult for us to sometimes mispronounce some of the names and just, just general fun stuff. And we thought it was quite fun to, to do something like that. But Paul Sykes for me was... Probably the funniest moment, you know, him going and eating that family's dinner, like uninvited. I thought it took me a little. It took me a little while to recover from that one. I mean, look, this this guy. I think I think the trouble is with Paul Sykes is he he's idolised. He's that folklore villain, um, and people just seem to idolise him. And to be fair, this episode seemed to be to caught the most attention and all the rest. I think because of that. Um, not really the best of boxers out of the list that we've got on show uh, for the Dark Side of Boxing, our 10 episodes, but people loved him. Uh, I mean, the shark story was another one, wasn't it? I mean, what on earth was that about? But um, uh, some some cracking lines by a, a very scary guy. So, Luke, coming back to you then, we've gone through all our sort of more comical moments of, of the episodes of the season, but 
in terms of like you being that passenger that I mentioned earlier, like looking back on the ten episodes that we've covered and that we've done, is there a particular one that stands out to you? Not so much as a favourite, but more so one that just you think about the ten episodes. Is the one that just jumps out and you go, yeah, that's the one that sticks with me. Selfishly, it's the Tapia episode because I'd say within a week of us doing the Tapia interview or the Tapia story, I talked to Barrera and I didn't really realize how much of an influence Barrera and Tapia had together and how much of a friendship they had. So I think that forever in my life, just having all the context of Tapia and then talking to Marco Antonio Barrera, who was fighting, I believe it was, uh, oh God, Daniel Ponce de Leon, and it was for uh, Teresa Tapia's promotion to raise money for the Johnny Tapia Foundation. The fact that that all kind of aligned, those are the type of moments in my life that I remember. And I feel like even though Tapia's story is dark and tormented, he kind of made the best of his situation. And in a way, it's like heartfelt for like he maximized a bad situation where a lot of times these stories were a bad situation made even worse. Johnny Tapia is probably one of the most, um, one of the most well-known stories i think of the season i think that's why for us it was a good opener is because like when we come at everybody with the season we want to hit them hard we want to hit them with something they know they want to hit them with a character who is universally recognized and we think johnny tapia was that character for this season and and that's why we opened the, sh- the season with him because you know he he was on a crazy train as the title of the the episode is crazy train the life of johnny tapia this this he was on that train for a very long time and it was it was steamrolling down them tracks for a very long time and his his life was just a culmination of of so many horrific incidents that how how he got through life and to the point that he did in life was for me quite unbelievable and the fact that he always knew he wasn't gonna he wasn't gonna last past a certain age and he was gonna die young and he kind of knew that was gonna happen it's like he just he's just foreshadowing everything that had ever gone on in his life and he was like i know this is going to come at some point it's just a case of of when so that that for me was 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 a standout one for the start of it because you know as you do shows luke you know yourself and you've got to put a good opener to the series haven't you you can't just have you know a random story that maybe not everybody knows and i think that was the way we wanted to open it was to put a story out there about johnny who, who, and, and fair enough, you know, you, sp- you said you spoke to Barrera, Teresa Tapia, you know, I did message Teresa on Facebook and, and I sent this to her, this episode, and she, you know, she was very grateful that, you know, we'd, we'd kind of put this objective perspective together on him. It wasn't all about, you know, oh, Johnny's this dark guy, he's this, he's that. It was a bit of everything. It was the lighter side of Johnny. It was the, the nice side of Johnny. It was the dark side of Johnny. And everybody seems to resonate or relate to that episode in some way, shape or form. So it was nice to sort of get that that recognition from Teresa on the episode as well, that, you know, she, she appreciated that people like us are keeping that legacy alive in, in, in our own small way by, by putting things like this out there. So it, it was a great standout for me. Uh, but for, for me, the standout episode was probably Mitch Green's. Uh, I think my, my, my standout was Mitch Green because, you know, I, I, I had this perception of him before going into it that, you know, this was just a guy who had a crazy street fight with, with Mike Tyson and that he was a half-decent boxer. Well, what I learned about him was that he was more than a half-decent boxer. He had the potential to be even greater than that. But knowing the details of the street fight even more, 
Uh, it's just again you, you start to look at these things in a completely different way it does change your perception on on what you think you knew about a person or what you think you knew about a situation and it does change how you how you feel about it and i think that one halfway through the season mitch never clean mitch green it was it was really interesting intriguing i thoroughly enjoyed it and it was one of my favorites of the season you know there's i've got a couple where i'm going to take away from this season where i'm going to think you know they were some absolutely blinding, some fantastic episodes, and some some absolutely great content. Uh, and Mitch Green's episode was one of them. Uh, Johnston, coming back to you, then go back through the episodes, ten episodes. Which one stands out to you the most? Yeah, I mean, were you talking about Teresa Tapia? Um, I think I think the one thing for me is that old phrase of uh, "behind every successful man there is a strong woman," and I think uh, Teresa Tapia epitomises that. Uh, she, with her significant in, in interventions that she numerous times for Johnny, having to lock him away in their little apartment, uh, stop him from going out taking drugs. I mean, that is one thing that will stay with me forever. And uh, and just how much of a, a good person she was, and how significant she was in his life. But no, even with that, no matter what happened to Johnny Tapia, no matter how loved he was, no matter how how good he was in the ring he just couldn't shake off those demons of what happened to his mother uh, and I feel one thing about that episode that I really like is the close relationship between him and his mother which a great insight into that and I think that led into the choices that he made in the future but yeah just Johnny Tappy was I mean it was the first episode for a reason because uh, a lot of people liked the guy and I think at the end of it I mean many of these fellas for me they end up being bastards but this Johnny Tappy certainly wasn't one of those. Johnny was a was a nice guy. Uh, he just had some demons that he, as I say, just couldn't shake off. No, you're right. He definitely didn't. He definitely didn't shake them demons off, and it ultimately led to his demise, his untimely demise. Unfortunately, uh, was that your standout one, or was there any others like in, in, in the season where you're honestly like you're going to take away and you're going to think actually this was this was the one that sticks with me completely. I mean, Mitch Green is always good because I've always wanted to do Mitch, but um, I mean we've got a lot. Of, Ike Banabuchi, uh, I, I like I, that story was another crazy story um, that, that again, you know, him being the president of what, what, who knows what he was the president of, but in his mind, he was the president of somewhere. Uh, he had uh, a really, I, I can't really explain what, what it was with, with Ike. I think the one thing that really came out in that episode when I listened back to it and we did the homework in it is just how people really just extorted him and no matter how many times he did really quite disturbing things um the guys around him just wanted to get that world title shot because they knew he would earn the money and i think that exploitation of the sport it, it turned me off a little bit in boxing um i mean there are some fun i mean the funny story with um with his promoter um, when he was in the, the strip club and they're asking uh, Cedric Kushner <laughs> uh, if he's ever been there before. And he was sort of saying, no, I've never been here before in his life. And then loads of these, uh, a handful of women come up to him. Oh, how you doing? How you doing, Ced? Uh, and he was, oh, what did he say? These bitches must read Ring magazine. Uh, <laughs> uh, the the one-liners were, um, were brilliant. But, you know, I think that sort of just shows you what's, distastefulness of the story with Ike although certain elements of it again we found ourselves laughing not directly at Ike but just at the incredibleness of how on earth has this guy done what he's done and what you know and I know you guys went into some good detail in that in terms of um, with his mental health uh, psychological problems which he clearly had 
Lukey, do you want to just share your thoughts again on, on Ike and, and obviously that particular episode and, and, and just sort of reflecting back up on it again, you know, so many weeks later after you've originally done our after show, like how, how does it make you feel about him now, you know, knowing like all the information that's out there about him and knowing how things have, have gone and knowing that there's a potentially still a story out there on him. I mean, it's just, it's scary, right? Because it's like, this is the scary part of boxing. We all are kind of like drawn to the dramatics, the pro wrestling elements, the kind of humor, like look at how grandiose this guy is. But this guy was a very scary guy who suffered from severe illness, you know, mental illness. And he was very dangerous. And, you know, this is the dark side of boxing in the most literal sense where you have someone who's trained to fight, who's taking damage in the ring, who's a big, massive, scary guy, who's narcissistic, who believes that he is the president, who's doing very awful things, in my opinion, to especially women. And boxing has a way of just going, well, that's so-and-so, you know, that's how crazy he is. And I think the more I sit on that story, the more it's it's troubling because Ike is one of these figures like David Tua and Luis Ortiz, where probably all three of them more than likely will never be world champions, but they're going to be in that hall of very good. They were like right there and something went wrong. But his story is very complicated because it's so easy to romanticize and act like what he was doing was not inappropriate. Yeah, there was definitely uh, there was definitely his own personality there, weren't there uh, for sure with 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 Ike, and I think that's a, a topic we did touch on in the after show is is obviously how people in boxing or within the sport of boxing seem to ignore these types of behaviours uh, because. <sighs> Is it, is it like Johnston said, is it like because they want to look at the opportunity further from what's actually going on in reality? You know, they know there's a potential uh, money grab or a money shot and they just think, yep. you know what, we'll, ex- you know, we'll ignore these behaviours, we'll ignore this, we'll just get what we need out of this individual and then, you know, we'll up and leave and we'll find the next cash cow within the sport of boxing. That that's still I, I still genuinely believe that's just something that, boxing will never rid itself of that'll be something that's always going to be in the business side of this this particular sport that we love so much but Ike was definitely an example of that and and knowing what I know now about him you kind of do feel sorry for him to a degree but then you also don't feel sorry for him because you know he exploited women in his own right and, and he did things that he shouldn't have done so you kind of I kind of feel like with a lot of these stories like there's elements of them where you you think, oh my god, this is a this is a vile human being, but then in the same breath, you're thinking, actually, I feel sorry for them because I, they've had a really hard time here, or this person's exploited them, or they, you know they were a product of their bad environment, and it, it wasn't their fault that they got to this point. It was just that they had nobody to guide them there. So elements of me always felt sorry for for certain parts of the story. Ultimately, this is what the dark side of boxing was all about. It was about putting together episodes that we're going to highlight certain stories and, and, and both sides of the story. I think what's important to, to point out to our listeners uh, and to anybody that's picking up this at a later stage is like, you know, we're trying to tell the story from both perspectives or from all perspectives or from the perspective of every individual that was, was, was commenting on this, this later on down the line. And I, and I felt like we'd 
we, we was able to do this for season two. We was able to get more accounts of more people because you know there were there were various means for us to get the this information out there. There was there was lots of books, lots of documentaries, lots of really highly highly well written articles, and lots of newspaper articles out there to source all this information from. And and that's what helped us put these stories together for it. And the reason I talk about this and the reason I I am rambling on a bit about it is because it's it's interesting that. You know, when when we put these series together, people sort of understand. They don't really understand like what goes into it, or they don't appreciate the the sort of level of, of detail that we do put into them, and the time. More importantly, the time that goes into putting these episodes together. And the, the reason I say it is because recently we got this review on, on Apple, and it was for our career profiles podcasts. And it was a it, yeah, it was a one star review, and I think it's the first one star review that we've had across all our podcasts. And this, they literally, all they wrote was, it's basically just two guys talking about a certain fighter from Wikipedia. And I've, I felt quite offended by that because I was like, this, this guy doesn't understand the amount of hours that actually goes in and the amount of trawling through newspaper articles and the amount of trawling that you have to do to put the story together. And it's not just that, you have to format the story, you have to actually verbalise it, put it together in a, in a certain chronological order, in a certain structure. And, and people don't understand how difficult that is to actually do to be able to produce a story like this. And and it's important to also understand that we don't have anybody that produces the show. We we do this all our, on our, our own backs. So we, we research it, we produce it, we edit it, we record it. We don't have anybody doing that for us. So I, I feel like we've done a, a great job. And I am giving myself a bit of a pat on the back here. And I am giving all of us a bit of a pat on the back because... I think a lot of work does go into putting things like this together. The re- the response that we've had from this season has been amazing. People are starting to pick it up now and then they're going back and listening to season one. Now they've come to season two. Now they want season three. Well, this is this is the whole point of, of putting all this work into it. I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed putting it together with, with Johnston, with yourself, and then also with you, Lukey, for the after show because you've brought a different element to this season you've brought something different you've brought someone else's voice someone else's perspective someone else's opinion and i think that's really helped bring this season forward so i'm going to pass that over to you now lukey with that in mind just to have a few minutes really for you to reflect on what was season two well i mean i think for me i'm coming from a different place because i'm coming from a fan perspective i met you guys Actually, I always meet you guys in conflict. So I met you guys when I was doing a job, a video job, and I ended up not getting paid for the job. And then you guys kind of DM me and it's like, I'll have you on the podcast. Then we keep in touch. And then I just like what you guys did. So I listened to Legendary Nights, listened to Career Profiles. I'm a fan of history, right? And you just make history easy. So I'm coming from a from a fan perspective. And then to be asked to be on this, it's like, okay, now I've got to up my professionalism or up my game or whatever. And I think the big takeaway for me was just looking at patterns and trends in what is the cautionary tales of boxing, because I wouldn't even call this the dark side of boxing. These are just cautionary tales of talented fighters that probably never fully reached their potential because pitfalls within life limited them. And these are the cautionary stories that all young fighters should hear because even though these people accomplished something to be noteworthy, everyone in their own right had failed potential. Johnston, do you want to jump in 
Uh, and just add to that, really, and add to obviously what what I've said about the uh, the season as a whole, and just really to give the listeners an understanding of uh, of your your opinion and obviously the work that you've put into this as well. Yeah, um, I, the one thing I'd like to say, I mean, the the first season I think was pretty much uh, it was a lot of murder, there was a lot of suicide, there was a lot of really dark stuff in there. Uh, this one there is a lot of dark stuff, but I do. The, the one thing I think has, has come out for me um, prominently listening back over Christmas is it's very much been a, a very mental health, psychological kind of season. Uh, I think a lot of these guys clearly suffered with mental health at some point in their life. Um, I mean, the guys before, obviously, in the first season did as well. You know, you, you, you're not right in your head to want to murder somebody. But I think for this, it becomes a little bit more psychological. Uh, and, and like, you know, and that's all of them from from Johnny Tapia to even Randolph Turpin very early in his life. He clearly tried to take his life um, and nobody really came in and, and there was no intervention. Um, Ike clearly had problems. Uh, Mitch Green, uh, Diego Corrales, possibly, I think he did, probably from the impacts of the ring. Uh, Pinkland Thomas was a drug, uh, had a drug addiction. Uh, Sykes, clearly unstable. And Oscar Bonavina, uh, our last one. Uh, I think he, the, the difference with him, he was never going to be exploited. He was never going to be the kind of guy that would be exploited. But the punishment he took in the ring against some of the best fighters that ever donned the ring throughout the history of boxing, guys like Joe Frazier, guys like Muhammad Ali, you know, and they put a severe beat beat down on Oscar Bonavina at times, taking several blows to the head. And he was a bit uneven anyway. So I think for me, coming back from it, that, that was the big, big thing, the, the psychological aspect of, of a fighter. And Luke, you're right, in terms of for young listeners, if there are young listeners out there that are in any sport, no matter what it is, even if, it, if it's boxing, if it's basketball, if it's football, whatever you're doing, that it's important that you you do take these this history on board of some of these guys that made bad decisions, uh, possibly because of the fact that they were a little bit unstable and there was never a time when someone could come in and, and sort of put their arm around them and say, look, you know, you need some help. We're going to we're going to get you some help. We're going to sort you out and then you can come out at the back end of it. And and to go in two footed in, in everything you do, you've just got to be cautious and you've got to be cautious of, of the people around you and you need a good team. It's very important. We've done a Sugar Ray Leonard and we and Joe Frazier career profiles, the, the pair of them too, the network that they had that surrounded them, it, it helped them become the fighters they became and the people they became. Um, so, you know, th there's always these are the guys that were very close or, you know, Stanley Ketchell did was was obviously a huge name. He was, he was one of the, considered one of the best middleweights have ever lived, especially in the early 1950s, uh, sort, sort of from 1900s to the 1950s. But look, it is just the, that is the one thing I, I've taken from it is is the, the drug addiction and uh, and the mental health aspect of it. Uh, Johnston, you know, that, that's a it's a great it's a great insight from from both years and mental health is probably the biggest thing that i think we probably all three of us have taken away from this in some way shape or form there were many stories throughout there that you've listed off that were elements of mental health some of them more prominent than others and i think 
you know, we looked at the last season. We looked at it was all about murder. It was either murder or suicide, and that seemed to be the the, the general theme of season one. But season two is all about mainly mental health episodes, mainly issues with mental health, and I think that's what I have taken away as well from from this season. Uh, and obviously, when we do another season, which we'll speak about before we head off on this episode is you know like what sort of episodes are going to be there you know what's the theme going to be we don't actually intentionally look to try and go with a theme you know murder suicide or uh, mental health it just seems to happen we seem to get these stories and we put our episode list together and we look at them and go you know each of these individuals have got absolutely compelling stories in some way shape or form and we we try to you know put a few big names in there people that are well recognized by the boxing world or by boxing fans and then we put names in there that are probably not so recognized unless you're a hardcore fan of the sport and that's why you see these names like the paul sykes like i said unless you're from the uk unless you're from the northern region of the uk not many people know about paul sykes when you look at randolph turpin unless you're a historian of the sport and you say randolph turpin to somebody in boxing they might click on that it's the guy that beat Sugar Ray Robinson. But then the casual audience, the casual boxing fan, wouldn't. They wouldn't know. And, and even Aikabea Butcher. I mean, his career ended before a lot of these boxing fans of this generation, these millennials, as people like to call them, his career had ended before, you know, these guys were even born. So, you know, they won't really know too much about this unless they've done the research or they've done, you know, they, they, they've done the YouTube videos on him. That That's the only way that people get to know about characters like this. So for us, it was a, having a good mixture of very, very well-known marquee names, but also names whose stories I felt like needed to be told again. And, you know, Johnston and myself, we put this list together and... We come, we come to a sort of conclusion that we needed this this really good mixture for people, and and I've really enjoyed being able to do that. I, and I suppose like Lukey as the outsider, as as you as you label yourself, coming in from that perspective and coming in from that angle, do you do you feel like there the was for for the listeners there was a good mixture of of these different stories of these different individuals that were able to, I don't, I suppose educate you in in some way. I mean, I think that what it does is like, especially as I get older, like I read things like the New York Times and I read new things. And I think the greatest thing you can do to your mind is to constantly learn and expand. And boxing has been something that's helped me figure out who I was as a person. It's given me identity as a person and it's given me mastery. I think when I didn't have a direction in life or didn't feel I was good at anything. Boxing's been there for me. And I say all that to say learning about these new stories and being more intimate with them, not just was it interesting for me. It also helps me when I meet young people. Now I have the bigger repertoire to try to give to them more knowledge about the sport and to carry on these traditions. Because I think as I get older, in boxing, my big thing is to carry on traditions, to make sure guys like George Foreman and all these other fighters, we don't just remember Deontay Wilder and the people that are now, we preserve the sport. And I think for better or worse, what this show does is we're preserving people who it's very easy for younger people to say, well, they fought in black and white and they're not very interesting to try to bring the humanity to these people or explain what their relevancy was. 
Yeah, and that that was the aim of the game, really, for us. And I feel like we do, we have done that. And I'm I'm sure there'd be many people on social media that would have told us otherwise if we wouldn't have done that. And to be honest, like we've not had anybody come to us and say, you know, this is a rubbish show, or this is this isn't good enough, or you've missed this out or that out. I'm just really pleased that we've been able to put this together, and people have actually enjoyed, you know, the way that we've put respect on a lot of these people don't get me wrong like we don't condone some of the actions that people have taken but we've kind of put respect on their names where respect was needed or it was given or they earned it and it was about having that fine balance of making sure that you know we wasn't literally here just to slander each and every individual because they had a moment in their life which everybody does everybody has a bad moment it's just that some have more than others it wasn't a case of us wanting to do that with people it was to educate people it was to provide them with a story uh, on these individuals that they might have not known about already also highlighting that these guys were genuine champions multiple weight champions multiple champions or, or guys that were just on the fringe or could have done more and i think it's to highlight different elements of of, of these fighters careers and how bad situations could have either spurred them on to be greater or it, it affected them so badly that they would go out and commit a serious crime and i think that like you said lukey for young people you could you can take away different elements of it for that reason so i'm, I'm happy that your perception of it has, has, has come this way and that the preservation of the sport you know whether people like it or they don't like they don't like the stories and they don't like the fact we're talking about say diego corral as being uh, a fast and a hard living living individual when he was alive like i feel like by doing episodes like this and a season like this and a series like this is it's in in some way shape or form we are doing that we're you know preserving the sport johnston coming back to you then obviously i've uh i've had my take on it uh lukey's had his take on it uh just just add yours onto it because i am interested to hear what you have to say about like what we've been discussing the mental health element of the whole thing uh is a huge aspect for me where uh i think that shone through for the second season whereas the first season was a little bit more um, hard going in terms of murder and suicide as such. But um, look, we, we have spent, what, over 18 hours uh, putting together these episodes. Um, it's taken a, a lot of hard work and, um, and and it has, it's taught me a lot about just life in general. Um, and, and that's just the dark side of boxing. Yes, it is. Uh, but it is also some of the stuff echoes home. I mean, not the extravagant stuff that some of these guys do, not necessarily so, but some of the actions that, you know, the paths you have to take as a person um, and how people can sure off your hand in decisions that you may not want to make. And yeah, I think it, if for those that can take anything side of some parts of it and, and the horrific side of it all, but also just, you know, how can this impact on my life? What have I learned from it as a person? And I think a lot of these episodes, I think there, there is a, there is a bit of that in all of them. Um, so, you know, it is, it's, it's quite enlightening really. Um, and because as I've said before, that, you know, young men need to talk um, and for any young males or even females that are going into any sport, it's important that they, they work on their mind as well as their physical attributes. I couldn't agree more at all. It was interesting that the show actually got longer this season as well. Like the, 
you know, you look at the average length of an episode and you're looking around about one hour, 45 minutes. Like, the longest episode we did was the, the killing of Stanley Ketchell at two hours, eight minutes. Then Paul Sykes was two hour four. And then Diego Corrales was two hour four. And, and it was quite interesting that I feel, you know, the, the, the quality of the stories get better for, for the second season. And we talked about this in, in our wrap-up for the first season. It's like, how can we change something? How can we improve this this series so that it reaches a wider audience so that people actually you know appreciate the the work that goes into it and appreciate the individuals that we're uh, talking about and and i feel like the more quality that's gone into it the more content that's come out of it that people have actually started to, to to appreciate that a bit more i mean it was only over the christmas period that i was getting messages uh, from people that had listened to certain points of uh, the Mitch Green episode and just randomly quoted one of the lines out of it, and I, you know, it actually made me it made me smile because I thought, you know, this individual sat there and they've listened to it and they've probably had a good laugh at that particular moment of the episode, and it's it gives me a a, a warm feeling knowing that this actually, you know, even the even the being the subject matter being what it is, it actually. It gives people an outlet. It gives people a, an escape from their own reality. It gives people the chance to to just forget about the world's problems or their problems for 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 at least an hour and forty five minutes. And and that's another thing. Like we might have patted ourselves on the back a lot during this wrap up episode because of how much hard work we've we've put into it. But it's not just about that. It's about like the, the the way people are receiving it and the the way it helps people. And even though the subject matter can be dark at times people are coming back and saying, you know what, this podcast gets me through my day, this podcast gets me through my working week. The fact that that does that to people also makes me personally pretty proud that that you know that people are getting something out of it, whether it be it just helps them get through the day or whether it be it's educated them in some way, shape or form. And, and, and Luke, you're a great person to have on to, to really have this conversation with now because you know we keep saying this angle of you being the outsider i wouldn't say you're an outsider anymore but because you came in it at the end of season one and you've come into season two and you've participated in it like how what 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 do you take away from it just speaking from a fan perspective because it's interesting for the other i want to know for my personal my personal view but also for the other people that are listening as well so for me personally i a binge viewer. I love binge watching. I like books that I can just go through. So basically last summer, I went through all the content on your platforms from career profiles, legendary nights, darker side, and being involved in the process. I think what it just made me, it made me feel like I needed to be a bit more prepared. So as a fan, I can just go in experience learn and shut it off whenever when you're going to host this and do average conversations like i do the thing you want to do is you want to bring something to the table that potentially you guys didn't bring and you guys bring facts reason and research so i have to bring nonsense and to bring in good nonsense you have to really watch the fights and i think my gift with boxing is when i look at somebody i can make a pop culture reference or something or see who they're similar to and for some reason it comes to me other people it doesn't come as quick so i think the big thing was going back listening to the stories trying to find fights 
And then for me to close my eyes and imagine who the heck is this person? If I stood in front of Johnny Tapio, what would that experience be like? Would it be stressful? How would I feel? And trying to do that on an individual basis with each and every fighter, that was the transition for me. It's really interesting take. I think that's a really interesting take on, on like how you've perceived it. Like I, I like reading books personally. Uh, Johnston, I know you like reading books too, and you're a big book reader. We're all big book readers here. And I think the beauty of reading a book is you you get to visualize like these characters out of the book. If it's a, if it's a fictional book or a non-fictional book, you know you you get to visualize these these characters, uh, and you get your own imagination. And that, and I think that's I think that's what I take away from it is is like you're using your imagination to create your perception of these individuals and you know you might never have had the opportunity to meet some of these characters unfortunately a lot of these characters you know are, are either are either passed away or are no longer you know like literally not on the face of the earth like they've disappeared into into the abyss and it's like you you've got this this episode on this individual where you can honestly picture the way these individuals were acting you could probably without knowing how they speak you could probably get an understanding of how they speak and and for people to take that away from the series is it's quite mind-blowing because that just goes to show you that you know all it can take is is a really good a really good story and a really good description and factual information for an episode to be to be perceived in a certain way and like i said with me being such a big book reader, you know, I, I, I love being able to visualize like these characters uh, in, in certain ways. And then for, for it to be actual real life with something like this, you know what these people look like. You can go on, you can look at videos of them, you can look at interviews of them. So you've got the, the benefit of that. And then you can then put that alongside an episode like this. And then all of a sudden you've got this this character that you know so much more about or you feel like you might even know this character even though you've never met him or will never meet them. And and I think that's what's uh, the beauty of podcasts in general is you, you kind of like audio books in a way. You can listen to them. You can listen to somebody speaking about these individuals and you can sort of walk away and think, oh yeah, Johnny Tapia, unbelievable individual would have loved to have met him would have loved to have hung out with him drunk some beers with him whatever it may be even even guys like Ike Abayabuche you know even for the bad side of him you would have been thinking imagine what it would have been like to be stood in the room when he was acting in his president persona and this is like genuinely what swirls around in my brain is like imagine being on the back of Diego Corrales's motorcycle when he's going down the freeway not when obviously he unfortunately passed away but I mean in general and you're absolutely crapping yourself going down the motorway or the freeway as it is in America you know like you couldn't even like um you couldn't even imagine you can just sort of picture it from these stories and that's what that's what I love about it and that's what I love about putting these stories together and that's why we want to do a season three and that's why season three was always on the cards no matter what because no matter what the perception was of season two there's more stories there's so many more stories out there uh Luke season three I'm pretty sure you're down for that I'm pretty sure you're down for an after show uh, and I'm pretty sure you, you you're going to be looking forward to uh to getting some more perspectives on some more different characters across the sport Definitely. I mean, the only thing I want to add to that is just like, I think the reason sometimes this show is hard for me at times being a co-host of the after show is I feel like I hang around some of the 
characters who are going to be the future darker side of boxings, or I've been in these situations. So it's like my own experience and or trauma sometimes like leaks in because like I won't say it, but there's been a couple of times where I'm like, oh, this guy reminds me of this person. And it's like, that's the only time this show can get heavy for me is like, sometimes this show is like close to home. But I think that that's why it's also therapeutic for me. But I'm excited. Season three, let's go. Buckle my seatbelt. More me. Johnston, have you got any more perspective on this season as a whole before we wrap up this episode? Uh, I think for me, um, I, I'm a, you, one of someone was mentioning about um, like listening to an audio uh, version of, of a book. Um, and I think that's what we try to do with this show. Um, and I hope we have managed to do that. And, and that's one thing that um, when we put this stuff together is it, 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 we, we hope that we can we get a beginning, a middle and an end. And uh, that is that is the be all and end all. So you can actually sit back and you can listen to it and you can feel like actually, you know what, that's been a great story. And uh, and we get that thanks to the authors because we've we've read 10 books over the course of 10 weeks um so you know a massive shout out to the guys like paul zennon and, and patrick connor um jamie boyle you know all of these guys that uh luke g williams that have actually come on the show and, and had interviews with you sean i think that brought another aspect to this second season that we didn't have with the first so having lukey having the authors on we've been trying to get him as well all of that side of it it's, it's created this um a, a much better season for me uh than the first season where we was a bit intimidated by it me and Sean at first where you know you see these big names like a sunny list and what it was in season one and we've done that first episode and and, and all this, the stuff that happened to him and we felt like we was, we was treading on uneven grounds it's not like going into a career profile and glamorizing these fighters there are times where things are said that maybe we, um, we're, I say we're frightened to say, but uh, we're a little bit more cautious when we are mentioning certain things because we don't want to offend people. And just hearing Luke is saying how he he may bump into or one of these guys that he's he knows today could end up being falling in this category on one of these lists at some point. It, it may happen. I mean, I know with uh, Corellas was one uh, you was a bit sort of worried about maybe not worried about but a little bit um hesitant to listen to and hoping that certain things don't come out about Diego because you've you've spent time with his stepdad and you knew his stepdad well so I think these are the things that's going to eventually happen uh, when we look at season three as well we're looking at fighters there's, there's two fighters in particular that are still fighting well not fighting today but still around today and uh, they had they've they've they had a bit of a crazy ending to their boxing careers and uh, looking at previous other podcasts um one guy in particular i won't say his name but one guy actually i wouldn't say he attacked him but he, he, he attacked him online and, and told them these people straight up. but it's been fun it really has well that's pretty much the wrap-up episode for season two and I've, I've really enjoyed it guys i've really enjoyed both of you being on this episode and both of you giving your perspectives about how things have gone for the season. Uh, obviously, a little bit of talk about the future. So, yeah, there is going to be a season three. It probably will be around about October time once again this year, 2022. Season three will be looking to be releasing them on a weekly basis once again. Different stories, different individuals, some dark 
dark moments for these guys in their lives. And I'm really excited to be releasing it once again this year. If everybody's enjoyed this episode, of course, the wrap-up episode, do let us know on social media. If there's elements of it that you want us to discuss more or there's elements of the, the you know season three that you might want to talk to us about or there's any particular stories that you actually want us to cover or ones that we might not have already covered then please do get in touch with us at darker underscore side underscore pod on twitter or the btr boxing podcast network facebook page instagram page the youtube channel it's all available you can contact us in whichever way you want to it's it's been great and i hope people have genuinely enjoyed it they've taken away what they want to take away from this season i hope not many people have been offended by some of this stuff we do do our disclaimers of course in in the episodes to to let people know that there are some dark elements of these stories and I, and i hope that people have enjoyed the the interviews with the authors i hope people have enjoyed having lukey on the after show lukey you've been a, an absolute pleasure on the after show and an absolutely fantastic take on on what elements of boxing intertwine with with some of these individuals lives and careers and i've thoroughly enjoyed this season i've thoroughly enjoyed spending time with with both of you guys and of course everybody that's listening you guys you guys are what make it happen if you guys wasn't consuming this podcast we wouldn't be here doing it because we wouldn't spend the time doing it but the fact that you guys are thoroughly enjoying it the fact that you're telling us you're enjoying it you're messaging us to tell us you're enjoying it keep doing that keep letting us know keep sharing it on social media with other people and telling them about the series that is the best way the virtual word of mouth is the best way to get this series out there and let people know about these different stories and our perspectives and our takes on it and of course if anybody's got a bit of constructive criticism we're open to it i mentioned earlier in the episode about the one star review on apple on the career profiles podcast you know that's the first time i think we've really received any real negative criticism across the the last four years that the podcast has been running and you know all that makes us do is 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 tighten up and give us more you know, enthusiasm to want to make sure that these episodes are as high quality and factual and informative as they possibly can be for you guys. But that's enough of my ranting. That's enough of my rambling. Season two is done and dusted. We hope you join us at the back end of the year for season three. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you next time. Podcast Network.